Pastor Tommy Reese and the Jesuits, including Paca Papa Francis, the Great and Merciful, really don't understand the Eucharist. I'd be surprised if they believed in the real presence of Christ. As you'll see, they break with the Catholic understanding of the teaching of the Eucharist in many ways. America Magazine recently published a piece calling for sacrilegious communion of the body and blood of our blessed Lord, and to remove all the important debates we've had about who can receive validly, a question which had never been a question in the history of the Church, but is so now because modernists do not want to do one thing, that is to put the Church at odds with the world, but to embrace the world. Remember that our Lord said we are to be salt and light in the world, not indistinguishable from it. He warned us that when we become worldly, we become indistinguishable from the world. So remember that as we get into this today. But the Jesuit Church does not accept what the Church teaches about the Eucharist and wants it changed. Whenever the Jesuit outlets publish something about the faith, it's always cringe-inducing. Thankfully for their sake, it happens rarely enough because they're too busy cheerleading for whatever faith-rejecting cause of the day the secular world is interested in, or just pushing Francis's latest wickedness that often they don't have time for any insightful and thought-provoking commentary on the faith itself. But when they do, it's always bad, and today we have an example of this. The forthcoming U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops' much-needed document on the Eucharist, if they do it right, needs to not focus on worshiping Christ in the Eucharist, apparently. Or so say the great minds at America Magazine. Yes, another day with tricks from the Jesuits. The article in question comes from Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church, the second most mind-bogglingly bad Jesuit in the country with any real stature. He's quite the guy, too, someone who can always be counted on to take the wrong position on pretty much anything, and here he's chiming in on the widespread rejection of belief in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. Headline. Six Suggestions for the Catholic Bishops' Document on the Eucharist. The U.S. Bishops' Document on the Eucharist could be helpful if they do it right. Remember that doing it right means doing it in the Neo-Jesuit way that has nothing to do with the sons of St. Ignatius of Loyola, historically speaking. Now, this article is full of language about secular matters in naked terms that I can't quite quote it verbatim due to our lovely host tendencies to side with Moloch on these things, so I have to play with the language he uses here. Thus, what you'll see on your screen, for those watching on a video platform, is the words I had to replace in brackets and the originals were gone and replaced with a synonym. It's sad, but think Texas and the big hubbub in the news about the good but not complete action taken there recently, and how the man I call the super, super, super duper devout but perpetually sleepy Caesar is supposed to be both so very devout as a Catholic but supporting the issue of institutionalized Moloch service. Keep all that in mind. So, from the Jesuit article, kind of, quote, The U.S. bishops are working on a document on the Eucharist, which could be very helpful if they do it right. The chances are slim. The origins of the document go back to the bishops' fight with Moloch-supporting Catholic public servants over the legal support of Moloch services. Some bishops, like Cardinal Raymond Burke, wanted to punish Moloch-supporting Catholic figures by denying them communion. Other bishops, such as the late Cardinal Francis George of Chicago, disagreed. George said he did not want his priest playing cop at the communion rail. The U.S. Bishops' Conference did what it normally does when bishops disagree. Nothing. It left to each individual bishop to do what he thought best in his diocese. End quote. 
Now, as an aside, people often quote Cardinal George's alleged prophecy that he'd die in his bed, his main successor dying in a cell somewhere, that being Cardinal Stupich, and then his successor doing so in a street somewhere, and then his successor helping rebuild society. Cardinal George wasn't that great, to be honest, though certainly better than Stupich, who does the work of Caesar for him in targeting the faithful. So I guess Cardinal George wasn't on the money on this one. But let's continue. Quote, After the elevation of Sombulent Caesar, a Moloch-supporting Catholic, some bishops pushed for a document denying communion to such politicians. Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez, who heads the Bishops' Conference, responded to pressure from some bishops by appointing a committee to deal with the matter. He was publicly rebuked by other bishops for not following proper procedures, and eventually the task was handed to the Conference Committee on Doctrine. The Vatican, meanwhile, made clear that canon law leaves the matter to local bishops. As a result, what started as a document on communion and politicians morphed into a more general document on the Eucharist that the bishops will consider at the November 15th to 18th meeting. Many bishops were upset by a Pew Research Center poll showing that only 31% of Catholics believe the Church is teaching on transubstantiation, that the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. 61% believe that the bread and wine are symbols. So what should the bishops say in their document on the Eucharist? First, they should emphasize who should go to communion, not who should not. End quote. Pastor Tommy then gives us Francis's language as the church is a field station for the wounded and not a club for the elite and super holy. Language I used to really like until I realized that it enabled widespread desecration of the Eucharist by people who think going to communion is a right that does not come with a duty needed to make sure you receive in a state of grace. Remember, communion lines are always long and confession lines almost always short. And what we think of as long lines for confession at the typical Novus Ordo parish isn't really that long at all. Though I'm sure examples could easily be given of long confession lines at most typical parishes. But in general, this kind of thinking feeds into this. There was, not coincidentally by the way, a Twitter debate recently over St. Alphonsus Liguori's landmark homily on the limited number of sins people have before God basically cuts off the fount of grace to someone. Let me know if you want to hear that for yourself instead of letting someone else tell you what St. Alphonsus really meant by that, because there's been a heated debate and it's directly tied into this. But St. Alphonsus' thinking is what is needed today. Some basic fear of God and fear of sin and hell. Not permissive thinking that leads to sacrilege of the Eucharist. And Pastor Tommy doesn't get that, rather obviously. You can see the typical permissive Jesuit thinking that leads to sacrilege committed at the altar in the nuptial sacrament a la Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, Pastor Tommy's probably more famous colleague, the most famous bad Jesuit in the country, as well as in the sacrilege of the most holy sacrament of the altar and flirting openly with heresy here when he says this. Quote, the bishop should presume goodwill on the part of anyone who comes to the Lord's table. If they want to be united with Christ in his community, they should be welcome. Second, the document should not use the word transubstantiation, which is a theological concept based on Aristotelian philosophy, not the scriptures. I believe the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ, but I do not believe in the Aristotelian metaphysics of prime matter, substantial forms, substance, and accidents. Transubstantiation was a nice way of explaining the Eucharist to Aristotelians, but it makes absolutely no sense to people in the 21st century. Better to admit that the transformation is a mystery beyond our comprehension. If a person can say amen when the minister says the body of Christ, they should be able to receive the Eucharist. Third, the document should emphasize the purpose of the Eucharist is not to bring Christ down on the altar so that we can worship him. If we want to worship Jesus, go to benediction. The Eucharist is about worshiping the Father, not Jesus. Jesus never asked his disciples to worship him. His message was all about the Father, not himself. The ultimate purpose of the Eucharist is not to change the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, but to transform at the Eucharist 
into the body of Christ so that they can continue his mission in the world. End quote. Woo, lad, there we are. Pastor Tommy can't help but preach heresy at least once in a while, and there it is. And he actually goes on to really want to emphasize our uh, elder brother's role in all of this and their roots in it, which would also further obscure the actual Eucharist. And I don't know about you, but I think much of the church's problems theologically could be fixed today if we rerouted ourselves to the twin theological poles of Aquinas and Augustine, and not to the twin poles of Luther and Rahner. But maybe I'm just a dreamer who dreams of a Catholic church that is actually Catholic and not whatever the ape of the church that we have now is. But this isn't Catholic and someone with authority to do so should impose silence and seclusion on Pastor Tommy Reese for the good of his own soul. Now, about a year ago, Bishop Athanasius, the auxiliary bishop of Kazakhstan, whose full name I, for mysterious reasons, cannot say on YouTube without getting into trouble, issued a very different call. You'll remember last year that in many places Holy Communion was given through a drive through in many parishes, that communion in the hand was mandated, and that many priests wore hand protection and brought strange chemicals to the altar, all in the name of the present and completely unspecified situation that we are all too aware of. At that time, the good auxiliary bishop called for a worldwide struggle for reparation, for sins committed against the Most Holy Eucharist. Here's an excerpt from that so you can see what actual Catholic treatment of the Eucharist and solutions for these kinds of problems in our time would actually look like. Quote, it would be pastorally urgent and spiritually fruitful measure for the Church to establish in all dioceses of the world an annual day of reparation for the crimes against the Most Holy Eucharist. Such a day could be the octave day of the Feast of Corpus Christi. The Holy Spirit will give special graces of renewal to the Church in our days, when and only when the Eucharistic body of Christ will be adored with all divine honors, will be loved, will be carefully treated and defended, as really the holiest of holies. St. Thomas Aquinas says in the hymn, Sacri Somnis, O Lord, visit us to the extent that we venerate you in this sacrament. And we can say without doubt, O Lord, you will visit your church in our days to extent that the modern practice of communion in the hand will recede, and to the extent that we offer to you acts of reparation and love. In the current and present situation that is blown way out of proportion, horrible mistreatment of the most blessed sacrament have increased still more. More dioceses around the world mandated communion in the hand, and in those places the clergy, in an often humiliating manner, deny the faithful the possibility to receive the Lord kneeling and on the tongue, thus demonstrating a deplorable clericalism and exhibiting the behavior of rigid neopelagians. Furthermore, in some places the adorable Eucharistic body of Christ is distributed by the clergy and received by the faithful with unbecoming and sacrilegious hand protection. The treating of the Blessed Sacrament with gloves suitable for treating garbage is an unspeakable Eucharistic misuse. In view of the horrible maltreatments of our Eucharistic Lord, he being continuously trampled underfoot because of communion in the hand, during which almost always little fragments of the host fall on the floor, he being treated in a minimalistic manner, deprived of sacredness like a cookie, or treated like garbage by the use of household gloves, no true Catholic bishops, priest, or lay faithful can remain indifferent and simply stand by and watch. There must be initiated a worldwide battle of reparation to and consolation of the Eucharistic Lord, as a concrete measure to offer to the Eucharistic Lord urgently needed acts of reparation and consolation. Each Catholic promised to offer monthly at least one full hour of Eucharistic adoration, either before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle or before the Blessed Sacrament exposed in the monstrance. Holy Scripture says, where sin, is, where sin abounds, grace did abound more. See the letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 20. We can add, analogously, where Eucharistic misuses abound, acts of reparation will more abound. End quote. Christ is at the center of the Mass and is truly present in our lives when we attend the Mass. Either believe that or you don't receive our Lord. 
Either you follow the rules based on sacred scripture for receiving him in the most blessed sacrament, or you don't approach the altar, period, full stop. And what Pastor Tommy and Paca Papa Francis and the rest want to do is permit pretty much anyone to receive under any circumstances, regardless of what St. Paul told us rather unequivocally, that if we receive him unworthily at the altar, we eat and drink our own condemnation. Something to consider here is this. Who do we trust more, Pastor Tommy and Paca Papa Francis, or St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Paul, and Bishop Athanasius? Let me know in the comments where you stand on this and if you're, really, if you're really all that surprised by this turn of events. I'm not, and the U.S. bishops meeting on the Eucharist is time to piggyback perfectly on the biggest super-duper synod of synodality of synodal bishops, or whatever the Vatican is calling it right now, that de facto Third Vatican Council that I've spoken about so much lately. So bear that in mind as well. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.